You are welcome to growth moments. Welcome to time of refreshing. Welcome to the season of strengthening. Every church needs strengthening. Every ministry needs to be stimulated for growth. Even your life as a leader needs to be healthy so that you can grow a healthier and lasting ministry for the Lord. Because the church of Jesus Christ should grow, must grow, and become better in the world. Therefore, come along in the journey, fasten your seatbelt, and be ready to experience the change you have long been looking for. As the growth leader of our time, Dr. Francis Bola Akinjong speaks under the anointing of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Are you getting blessed at all? Okay, we thank the Lord. Today is day three of our course. I hope you are already reading the books. That will lead me to my, my own teaching for this afternoon. I love those teachings this morning. And I love all those teachings in the conference. If I was telling some of my brothers, I say, I can't teach it the way you taught it. I love it. Because while they two were teaching, I was jotting things that I was writing down. So that next time, I combine their own wisdom with my own. And I can massacre people. And if anybody asks me, where did I get it from? Of course, from heaven. Grow the pastor, grow the church. I'm in page 57. Grow the pastor, grow the church. I need to read lots of Bible passages that are not in your own manual there. I'll start with Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the Bible, of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 2. Chapter 2 of Malachi, verse 6 and verse 7. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth. For he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts. Those two verses, they summarize the life of every pastor, every minister. First of all, it applies to his life. The law of truth was in his mouth. As a minister, you must imbibe the truth. You must live the truth. You must buy the truth. And you don't sell it not. The truth must be evident in your life. Number two there. Iniquity was not found in his leaves. You must have been saved from sin. You must have been converted. You must be free from lying and deceit and works of the flesh as a minister. He walked with me in peace and equity. You must be a friend of God. You must be at peace with God. The peace of God must rule in your heart, in your life. And you must have the peace with God. You know, I've mentioned two peace now. The peace of God. And peace with God. You must be at peace with God. And you must have the peace of God in your heart, in your life. At peace with God is that you are converted. Is that you are, you are friendly with God. Your sins have been forgiven. The blood of Jesus has washed you. Your life has been transformed. You are at peace with God. And the peace of God must rule your life. That means you are doing the will of the Lord. You follow in the way of the Lord. And as you pray... God give you instruction and direction. He give you peace. And his peace is ruling in your heart. And if you have the peace of God, one of the ways you will know danger is when you lose your peace. Anything you want to do, you lose your peace. 
you are restless. Your heart is no more settled. That means there's a danger signal. So, and that's who a minister, a pastor should be. He walked with me in peace and equity. And it turned many away from iniquity. That is our calling. When we talk about church growth, it's not gathering your own people. It's gathering the people of God. There's something you outline, if you look at it very well. I talked about the eternal purpose of God for the church. I said that church did not start in Matthew 16, 18. Rather, church starts in Genesis 3, 15. When Jesus promised, I mean, when the Lord promised the serpent, I will raise up a son, I will raise up a seed that will bruise your head. And that's how Bruce is healed. That's when he, that's what is called the eternal purpose of God. That's when he started the evangelism. That's when he, he prophesied that he will bring a Jesus. He will bring a seed. The seed of the woman. Not the seed of the man. Careful words. That will bruise the head of Satan. And release people from bondage. That's where church starts. What does that mean? God wants his own people. God wants people that are peculiar to him. God wants people that are his brides. God wants people that are special, separate unto him. And that's where church. So when God gives you the grace and calls you to pastor a church, it is God's people, not your people. And they must be peculiar. First Peter 2 9. They must be peculiar people. Save from darkness. People that are sought. People that are light. That's whom he has called us to pastor. And to lead for him. And to be the priest. To be the pastor. To be the minister. That will lead those people. You need to grow. Verse 7 of that Malachi 2 says. For the priest lives. Should keep knowledge. You need to be knowledgeable. Knowledgeable in the will of God, in the word of God, in the ways of the law. Because you are the one that will feed the people of God. You are the one that will nurture the people. That's why you are a shepherd. And the number one duty of a shepherd is to feed the sheep. So if you are not growing, if you are not improving, if you are not having knowledge, if you are not personally developing, if you don't acquire the knowledge, you are failing in your duty. You won't be a healthy pastor. You'll be a shepherd that can shepherd the flock of the Lord. Now, another scripture I want to read is Ezra chapter 7, verse number 10. Ezra. I hope you know where the book of Ezra is. Eh? There are pastors who don't know where the book of Ezra is. Eh? It's because you don't study the Bible. There are pastors who doesn't know where the book of Ezra is. Ezra is between Second Chronicles and Job. <laughs> I didn't say Esther. I say Ezra. I'm taking you back. Eh? I can take you back. But I won't take you back. It's between Second Chronicles. When you finish Second Chronicles, that's where you get the book of Ezra. You get Ezra before you get Esther, before you get Job, before you get Psalm. 
Okay, Ezra chapter 7, verse number 10. For Ezra has prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach it in Israel status and judgment. Look at that progression. He first of all seek it. He learned it. He improved it. He got it. He learned it. Then he's practicing it. Then he's now teaching it to others. That's our duty as priests, as ministers. I'm sorry for ministers that doesn't grow. Your ministry will never grow. Especially when you don't grow in knowledge, in wisdom, in understanding. When you are lame duck in your knowledge, when you are not improving, your ministry also will not improve. Because you know the way God has designed ministry, your ministry will never rise higher than who you are. So when you are too proud to learn, you will be too proud to have a growing church. May God have mercy on us in Jesus' name. Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 14. Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 14. Proverbs 10, 14 says, Wise men lay up knowledge. Even the knowledge they don't need now, they lay it up. Because they will need it eventually. Wise men, you want to show yourself that you are a wise minister, you need to lay up knowledge. Because why? Knowledge is the mother of liberty. You want to be free and remain free, you must know. And know that you know. And know that you know. Until others know that you know. But when you hate knowledge in ministry, uh, your ministry will crash land. Go to the city. Go to town. I know ministers that have a very poor educational background. When God called them, and because they are anointed, they use their gifting and their anointing to cover their lack of knowledge. You can start ministry like that, but that ministry will not stand. It may go up, but it will come down because of your lack of knowledge. And I know ministers that hate knowledge. They say too much learning. Make ones to be mad. They are quoting the Bible upside down. It will tell on your ministry. Permit me to say this to you. It's not a crime for God to call you when you are not educated. But it's a crime for you to remain uneducated. I hope I'm talking to somebody. You must learn. You must lay up knowledge. You must grow personally. Psalm 133. Psalm 133. I'm trying to lay the scriptural foundations. So later I can get back to the outline. Psalm 133. I saw something there. I saw something there. Behold, from verse 1, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like a precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Haman, and as the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even lie forevermore. <laughs> Do you know what that one means? Look at the picture. That when brethren dwell together in unity, the blessing of God is there. God is blessing everybody. Everybody, the brethren, they take their anointing from the head. He says it's like the anointing on the head of Aaron. 
and it flows down to the skirt. Have you ever thought of this? The anointing they will pour on your head that will flow down to your skirt. Is it one Goya bottle? It's going to be a massive, massive anointing. Because as it's flowing down, it melts your clothes. It melts everything. Until it flows down to the skirt. And people that are down there can touch and tap from. That's not a small anointing. That must be a heavy, heavy, heavy anointing. And it must be a continuous anointing. Because if you know the nature of anointing, okay, take that to our, our little baby that is newborn. You know, you take this little oil, pour it on your head in the morning. In the afternoon, you call, is this tea there? It has dried up. Anointing do dry up. So you need to repeat it. Now, look at that picture. It's like a picture of the prophet. Aaron, anointing on his head. He flows to his bed. He flows to his clothes. Flows to his trousers. And flows to the floor. That is not wasa. That is serious work. The same thing in your ministry. People that are following you, if they are going to tap, tap Jesus, tap the blessing and the favor of God, your anointing must keep flowing down. Some of us, our anointing dries when it comes here. That's why people don't get blessed in our ministry. Because it's not a continuous flow. It's not a continuous flow. It was there before, but you stop the learning. You stop the growing. You stop the improving. And all those things. So the anointing stops. And so many people come. I don't know what's happening to my ministry. People are not getting blessed. The things are not hurt. People are complaining. Their problems are not being solved. As I, it's not the people's fault. It's the anointing that only stops at the bed. When that's the come that you I want to pray for somebody. I know you love prayers. May your anointing flow down. It's more than human. It is work. W-O-R-U-K. Work. May you grow. May you improve. May you never remain the same. Okay, let me read the story there. In paragraph 2. In that your outline. A cleaner was employed to work in an airport. He loves to fly. But he lacked the required training and education. He couldn't go to school. He doesn't have the money. So one day, that's why, he, and because he loved flying, that's why he went to the airport to be working. So one day, he was assigned to clean the cabin of an aircraft. There in the cockpit, he saw a manual. And what's the title of the manual? How to fly an aircraft. He grabbed it and sat at the pilot's seat and opened the manual. On the first page, he saw and read, If you want to move an aircraft forward, press the green button. Of course, he pressed it. Then he turned to the second page and read, If you want the aircraft to run, press the yellow button. And he did. On the third page, he saw, If you want the aircraft to fly, press the red button. He did, and the aircraft took off. On page four, he saw, if you want the aircraft to land, buy volume two of the manual. Do I need to tell you what will happen? And you know that's the way we do ministry. It's a story about us.
The moral, this is the moral of that story. Now let me give you interpretation. I'm not an interpreter, I'm not an interpreter, but I can interpret this one. Whenever you see car, bus, train, aircraft in your dream, it's a picture of your ministry. Sincerely. If you see yourself driving a small car, that's the level of your ministry. If you see yourself driving Siena, if you see yourself driving a trailer or a train, man, that ministry is growing. And that's what God wants to do. More importantly, if you see yourself flying an aircraft, that's international ministry. But you need to grow, you need to learn how to pilot that aircraft. But unfortunately, you only bought volume one. And your plane is already airborne. So you will need to climb down, Abby. And went to aviation school. And go and buy volume two. And use ladder to climb back. <laughs> That's why a lot of ministers are crash landing. The knowledge that help you to start ministry will not help you to grow and sustain that ministry. Unfortunately, the African pastors, we hate training. We hate knowledge. We hate to grow. In fact, we take it as an assault. When somebody says we should go to school, we should learn, we should read this book, we should study this, we hate it. We feel they are speaking to us that uh uh they they are not respecting us. May God deliver us from that demonic spirit. You can start ministry. It can grow. It can run. You can take off. But how about landing? Volume 2. You know the moral? Ministry also is in stages. Am I talking to somebody? It's what? Good. And instead, you need to learn. And these are God's people. How do you handle them? You need to learn. And to learn, you need to be taught. Unfortunately, modern ministers, we hate teaching. We hate training. If I tell you the kind of advert we did for this conference, if this place is filled up two times, three times, it's more than that. If, I, if nobody comes from outside, if it's all our old students that came, this place will never contain us. But we don't, but people, a lot of people come to school for certificates. They don't come to learn. A lot of people come just to get material, to teach and to train and look at it and pick the one they like. <laughs> That's what we do. But it tells on your ministry. It tells on your ministry. Even if God promised you that your ministry is going to be international, look, if you don't grow, if you don't improve yourself, you might see the international far away, oh, but that plane will crash. It's not a cause. It's a reality. Am I talking to somebody? Okay, look at your outline there. If you see, according to Exodus chapter 18, verse 17 to 24, church leadership comes in how many levels there? Four levels. Level one, one to ten. That's what Father Jethro told Moses. He said, chose men, chose men. And put them according to their capacity to lead. Men that can lead ten. Leaders of ten. 
leaders of fifties, leaders of hundred, leaders of thousand. You know, amazingly, that is our leadership capacity. If you grow, your growth can only lead ten people. That is who will be in your church. God will never give you more than you can handle because he doesn't want you to waste his people. If your leadership capacity, you have grown to handle fifties, uh-huh, God will bring fifties to your church. That's why when a lot of people come to me, hey, sir, my church is not growing, my ministry is not flourishing, people are not coming. It's not the fault of the people. It's the fault of the leadership that will handle them. Ultimately, God is the one that sends people to churches. And when he discovered that you can only handle 50 people, he will never send 100 because it's not a prodigal God. And if you grow your capacity that you can handle 100, he will send them. And ultimately, if you keep on growing, continuous growing, continuous education, continuous improvement, and you grow, you can handle 1,000, God will send them. That's the difference. When you see one church, it's 1,000. One church is 500. And they are the same thing. Even the people handling 1,000 churches, they are younger than you. This is the key. And you know what I learned also? Who you are is who you attract. If you are the Puruntu pastor, I beg you, you will attract Puruntu for the rest of your ministry. Until Badun, until Anlevo, until Tony, Anlevo, Okay, if you want me to help you. Okay, if I say level, if I, okay, let's say I draw a graph now, and I measure one to ten. Now, if your own leadership capacity is five, you are at five, I can assure you, it's a reality. You will never attract people in six, seven, eight. No, you attract people in zero, one, two, three. That's why we must keep growing. And when you don't grow, when you don't improve yourself, it is people like you, even lower than you, people worse than you that will come to your church. That's the reality. Am I talking to somebody? Okay. Recently, I said it somewhere. And uh, I was talking to some Jews and independent pastors somewhere. This January. And I cite an example. I said, there's this preacher... Is in Lagos Island. He lives in Lagos Island. Ikoyi Leki. He started church. His father, his father, his father, his late father was a former chief judge of Lagos State. So he moved right from when he was young and his brothers, they move in circle of who is who. People that are well to do. People that doesn't have problem with money or position or title. That's where he grows up. Those were his friends. Well, after some few years, he traveled to U.S., lived there. We had some issues there. Came back home. And he said he wants to renew his visa. But eventually, the Lord arrested him. He got saved. And the Lord said he should start a church. Look at it too. His first service, he started it in his mother's kitchen. There were only about 10, 15 people there. But the offering was about $5,000. That's the first service. The first offering, foreign currencies. So that's how the church grew. And today, 
He built a church of more than 650 million naira. And he's attracting who is who from that axis. So I was telling those pastors, I said, somebody like that, if he locate his church in Alimosho, it will never grow. You're asking me why? How many of you in Alimosho, what's your standard of living? It will be a fish out of water. Okay, where I was saying it, even the, they were answering me, because it's a group of pastors, about 12, 15 or four. So they were answering me, they said, Esa, Esa, that church is also in Alimosho here. Their leader told me, he said, Esa, what you are saying is true. That there was a time he wants to invite him to Alimosho, he said, I've never been there. I need a helicopter to come there. I said, you see? He said, I can't drive. Where did they call Alimosho? Say, ah, to go there, I will need an helicopter. Do you have an helicopter pad in your church that I will fly in? I'll do the teaching immediately. And as a minister, it's according to his level. Who you are is who you what? Attract. That's how you need to grow. Your church and ministry can never rise beyond your personal and leadership capacity. Underline that sentence ten times. Pastors that are growing, learning, changing, and improving have already done a lot of growing in ministry. You always lead the way you are being led. So if you are a person that you, the leadership you grew under, those who mentor you, those who were your father in the law, they were not growing. You two will never grow until you can break free and say, me, I want to grow. And you will grow in Jesus' name. If you want to lead better than the way you have been led, then you have to embark on the journey of personal growth and development. And may the Lord help you along that journey in Jesus' name. Why a pastor must grow? Why? Why? Every pastor, every leader must strive to grow. It's not easy, but you must strive. You must make effort to grow. That is if you love yourself and you love your ministry. You must love to grow. Okay, look at, let's look at the letter that Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. You know, in Bible schools, they say Timothy, first and second Timothy, they are pastoral epistles. I want to quote the same chapter in two of them. First Timothy 4.13, second Timothy 4.13. First Timothy 4.13. 2 Timothy 4.13 Let's look at what it says. First Timothy 4.13 It says that Till I come Give attendance To what? To what? Reading Exhortation And what? Doctrine. That's a father speaking to the son. That's a mentor speaking to the mentee. That's a senior pastor speaking to the young pastor. I'm not around. And when Paul wrote this letter, Timothy had a growing church, the church in Ephesus. He was the one pastor in the church in Ephesus. It was a growing church. Many thousands of people were coming there. And there were a lot of distinguished Christians there. In fact, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was living with John. And John and Mary 
They were members of this church. And yet the apostle was writing to Timothy, till I come home, keep reading. Buy books and read. And because of what you will gain from your reading, your personal development, you can exhort, you can preach, and you can teach the doctrines of Christ. I don't know what level is your ministry that you don't want to grow again. Conference, you won't go. Books, you won't read. Material, you won't study. You want to aspire? I can assure you, when you aspire, people will leave you. Everything about church good is not the miracle signs and wonders. There are people that come to church. Children, God has given to them. Houses, God has given them. Cars, God has blessed them. Everything you can use to rationalize them, God has blessed them. But why are they coming? Solid teaching, solid training, solid preaching. Words that will transform their life. And keep them in line. And keep that blessing of God in their life. That's what they need. But when you don't have the word, because you don't learn, you don't grow, you don't improve, they will go. They will go to other places. And I know people that are looking for churches to go to. Good churches to go to. Because there are a lot of churches who are doing arrant nonsense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. The preaching is shallow. In fact, I'll I'm just telling them what you have told them before. Because why? You lack lining. You lack growth. You lack material. You lack resources. And someone say, I don't want to preach others. I only want to preach the original. This is the only original. Every other thing. Now, you may call local. And there's no crime in... You can, is it giraffe? Yes, you can giraffe. You can take materials from there and lop it together. They preach about me, I'm not ashamed. When they were preaching here, you, since yesterday, now you see me sat down. I'm taking things. Dubai, we want teacher to read me. She wants to me. You get here. Me, I feel content. Me, are you me a local? And when I get some, in fact, one day I was in one public transport, and somebody was preaching. The scripture he was using, I've never seen it like that before. I said, what? I pretend as if I'm not a Christian. No. Because he said we should pray, I open my eyes. But when he started preaching, he was saying profound things. I said, What? Inside public transport. Mary, I come down to my bus stop. I wrote it down. And when I got back home, I went to my library. I sat down. I rearranged it. Number 10, I put it number one. Number two, I put it number three. I wrote it in my own words. I went and take my Thompson Chains reference Bible. I opened other passages. I put it there. One church, they invite me. I went and preached. The pastor said, Yes, sir. Or only that was I even knew. Yes, sir. Where do you get? Where do you always get these messages? I said, Let's look at it. Why a pastor must grow? Ministry will amplify your weaknesses. That's why you need to grow. If you get angry too quickly, it will show in ministry. When they put you in the front, it will show. You need to grow out of that anger. If you easily, you don't easily forgive people, ministry will bring it out. Oh. If you are the one with a high temper, you get, you, you cost people, your mouth is running 100 kilometers per hour, ministry will amplify it. 
If you can't say with a woman without your battery charging, ministry will amplify because oh my rich rich color brown, yellow, green, blue, kenika, you will see them. That's why you must grow. Because you can't afford to handle God's people in wrong ways. If you are prejudiced, you have a close mind, ministry will amplify it. Hello? Leadership always amplifies your weaknesses. Okay, look at the present government of Nigeria. Before they came in 215, everybody was saying that eh, the president is a, is a tribal something, is whatever. It's, they deny it. They say it's not so. How about now? Look at all the appointments. Leadership will amplify your weakness. Even the weakness you don't want to admit. When you become a leader, it will show. People will start seeing it. That's why you must grow. People look up to you for example and inspiration. And if you are not giving them good example, they will leave you. You must be ahead and at a higher level. Yes, we are colleagues, we are brethren, we are everything. But uh, <laughs> you must be ahead. In terms of maturity, in terms of spirituality, in terms of knowledge, in terms of anointing, in terms of leadership, in terms of uh, broad-mindedness, in terms of giving, you must be ahead. And you know this is a very amazing work. God will call a young person to go and be leading people that are age mate of his fathers. And they'll be looking up to you, yes, they'll be saying yes to you. You must grow. Number four, you will reproduce who you are. So stop blaming your church. Oh. My church is not growing. My church is not the S.I. is you. Allow to badun church. Yes, I don't know. It's bad. I don't know. I don't know. Because I've seen pastors like that. Like one woman. One woman pastor. She came to me. He says, sir, I have a problem with my church. I say, what's the problem? He says, all my members are goats and reptiles and cockroaches. It is the people which is calling goats and reptiles. I say, ah, mommy, you are the sheep goat. You are the sheep reptile. You are the sheep cockroaches. Because you reproduce who you are. If people stay in your church, listening to your leadership, your teaching, your training, for three years, and they don't change, the problem is not with them. The problem is with you. Very hard, but very true. Okay, let me say it in another way. If you are pastor a church for five years, between three to five years, you are responsible for 80% of the problem of that church. You may reject it, you may announce it, you may argue it, you may say no, but that's the reality. Hello, that's why you must grow. Ministry is tough and demands 150% effort all the time. Ministry is tough, ministry is killing. If you are the lazy type, Get out of ministry because you will never succeed. Ministry is tough work, serious work. And that work starts from you. You lead yourself first before you try to lead others. You are the length and shadow of your church and your ministry. God will not give you more than you can handle. That's why you need to grow. I've explained that. You'll be leading different kinds of men and people. Did you see that one? Different kinds of people in church. Oh, I remember I taught you several years back, but I still remember some of them. You will be leading the, the power brokers. People want to dominate you. People who are, who are showing you by their attitude and their comment and character that who you are, 
that God made a mistake by calling you than your church. You've been seeing Jezebel, Jezebel, and Esther. Emma Fumilo in Kainani. Timmy, but if Bima True in Esther, along with two queen, you will see them in your church. People will give you free sex. They will be there. As you are preaching, one running away. Ah! Oh, Beloma. You want to one way? Okay, shame you. You must lead them. The double face, the double tongue, they are there. The chameleon, they are there. Hello? Yeah, the users, they are there. People that will use you. It's only when they need prayer, they need vision, they need support, they need all those things, that they will come to you. When God answer their prayer, things are okay. You will never hear them, oh. They will even come to church. They are there. You must not get angry. Minister doesn't say that. It's the nature of the people. I know people that when they need prayer, when they start calling me, yes, I must see you, I must see you. I know there's a problem. And by the time they come, yes, I want you to pray. The one you prayed last time, she said they become. Yes, I got 2,000. As the pastor goes, so goes the church. So that's why we must grow. If you are not growing, look at it. You will develop victim mentality. You think all the problem of church is only on your head. It's because you are not growing. You expect others to grow your ministry for you. Yes. When you are not growing, you will depend on guest speakers. And when you invite different kind of guest speakers, they will massacre your church for you. They will collect the money you cannot collect. In fact, when guest speakers are more popular in your church than you, you are in trouble. And the reason, you don't have what to say. And if you look at what we are doing today, it's all over. I keep on seeing flyers and flyers, especially on Facebook. And sometimes when I drive around town, I see flyers. You see three-day program, eight guest speakers. Are we crazy? Three days program. And they will be, they say, 20, 20 minutes, 20, 20 minutes, 20, 20 minutes, 20, 20 minutes. And no one looks, you know, and even the host will never minister. He will just be the summarizer. Or sometimes just, he won't even be available. No, it's wrong way to do church. You are simply saying, I'm not growing. And I need guest speaker. Then you are praying with entitlement mentality. When you are not growing, you feel the people owns you. I mean, they own you. And I've seen pastors who is cursing their people. You are not bringing this money. You are not bringing this money. With all I've done for you, with all I've done for you, you should be bringing the money. You are not taking care of me. That's entitlement mentality. If you are growing, you don't need it. When people see something in you, of their own volition, 
They will bring it. You are constantly engaged in blame game. That's when you are not growing. You get angry, you get irritated, you get bitter, you are sarcastic and you are defensive. It's because you are not growing. But when you are growing, <laughs> you don't need all those things. Now, every pastor must have a growth plan in ministry. What do I say you must have? Plan your growth. Because if you don't plan it, nobody will plan it for you. In Ashafat, can I say this to you? If you walk in a denomination, they don't want you to grow. If you ask, as I'm going to a conference, they say, don't go. As I want to go to a school, they say, nonsense. When they see a book in your hand, say, where did you get that book? Is it not these people teaching error? That's what your denomination will be telling you. But you know what? When you obey them, you didn't go to conference, you don't read books, you don't study, you don't listen to tapes, they don't allow you to go out. In fact, they will plan programs, they will plan activities during that week to tie you down. But let me tell you what will happen. When you obey them, hook, line, and sinker, in years to come, when they need a very effective, dynamic minister, and somebody mentions your name, they say it's not growing. If they are the one that say we should not grow. It happened in my own denomination. I'm not telling you stories I didn't know. When I was reading book in those days, we go to prayer meeting. I have a book I read. How do you say Francis? You have problem. Who can come? We shy. You are just reading book. Wagner, 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 Wagner. And can I say, man, I leave me alone. If I eventually they let me be as a proud one. There will be a conference, I will go. And they will plot a lot of things, but yeah, when I'm going, I don't tell anybody. They say, where did you go? I say, may God save me from what I'm about. I won't tell them. Because if I tell them, they won't allow me to go. Years later, God brought this ministry out, out of his own mercy. You know, those my fellow ministers that I speak to that time, when it was time for their own promotion, is that our same leader who said they are not growing? I can't promote them. So some of them came to me. I said, Paul, you people say I was proud in those days. That's what is working for me today. It's just an advice to somebody. Plan your growth. Plan your personal growth. Look at it there. Look at those points. Plan it and work for it. And work towards it. Your devotional prayers. Time to pray. Your training school. Which school will you go? In ministry. There are lots of ministry schools today. School of ministry. That you need to attend, sir. And let me say this to you. Don't go to a school of ministry or a Bible school or whatever. That doesn't have material to give to you. The joy of a training is that you have the material. What's the material? When you get back home, you can go through it. It can become part of you. God is the one that started it. To look at God. He gave us a Bible, 66 books. And he makes sure it is printed. All of us can have copies. We can study and study and study and study. You know, God can create the whole world in such a way and create it in such a way to just put a, a small chip here. Containing the whole Bible. But he didn't do it. He put it in a book. 
That's why, can I say this to you? With all the technology, the advancement, the blue sheet, the soft copies, the e-copies and whatever, it can never erase hard copy. So if God can do that to us, I wonder whose minister you are. When you don't have books, you are reading. When you don't have courses, you go. And the courses you go, the conferences you go, they will never give you material to check up. They just write the title and the whole place is blank. You just depend on what they say. If you depend on what I'm saying, how many will you catch? Because as a minister, our heart disk is full of. If I want to do an exam now, I'll tell you. What was the message we preached last, yesterday? How many people will remember? Even the first one we did this morning. How many of you remember? Kinetikun. As I'm sitting down now, you are thinking of the... The choir that is practicing in church. Abi, Come back home. So you need something to take home. So go for training. Which school will you go? Hey, I've never been to any school in ministry. Repent! For the kingdom of God is at hand. You need to go to school. I too went to school. And I keep on going to school. And when I see conferences, man, I go. I go. The last one I went, I still remember. And I'm waiting for another one. In fact, I keep checking my email. I'm waiting for another one. It's a pastoral trainers conference in Thailand. If you see what we pass through. Ah, Reverend Faladu. Yes, Reverend Faladu can testify. You remember? that our Thailand experience. If you see what we pass through. To go there just for a conference. So we had to go to... Where did we go? Yadari. We have to go to say yes, see, see me. I mean, what are those people? Eh? Thank you, sir. We have to go to NDLA. They have to check us. They are not a drug addict. That's number one. Then we go to Alagman police. They have to check record that I am not a criminal. And they gave us approval. When we got all that, they visited our household. Yes, they came to my house. They went to the office. They have to ascertain because that's the condition. Of the uh, Thailand embassy. Before they will give you visa. When we did all that, it was five of six of us, six of us in our group. So we had to travel to Abuja to get the visa. I remember what I did. I just called Reverend Falodu. I said, We'll take my passport, take the police, take everything, the form, take money. Go. I'm not coming. He says, Sir, they say we must appear. I said, I'm not appearing. Ah, ah. Ordinary Thailand. I'm tired. You people go. Because I know they will deny us. But look at the miracle. I'm sorry. He was the one who took my passport. They went. Five of them, they went. They didn't give them. It was me that didn't go. They give. <laughs> See miracle. It was then I knew. Ah! The Lord wants me to go. And you know how to get to Thailand. There's no direct flight from Nigeria. You fly Emirates, eight hours to Dubai. Dubai to Thailand, another nine hours. So for 16 hours, we were on, on the... What am I going for? Conference. Be calculating the amount to... The ticket to and from is about 650000 Just for conference. But I know I will get something. I was there with other 3,000 pastors. Pastoral trainers from all over the world. Man, just one week, 
In fact, from the first day, from the first teaching, I got what I was looking for. Thank you, sir. I said, all right, I did outline. I wrote what I would do when I go back home. In fact, he knows. When I came back, I called all of them. I said, you people didn't go. I went on your behalf. I said, this is the teaching. This is what they did. But this is my workout. This is what we are going to do. Yes, because you know, when you go to a conference, from the first day, you should be writing what you will do. How you will implement it. What you will do step by step. If you don't do, okay, wala sunny. Because in one week, you forget everything. But when you work out your plan, I work out my plan. And we did a conference. We call it Wapriko, West African Pastoral Trainers Conference. Out of that conference. And God has used us to bless many, many churches. Out of just that one conference. And I see God will use it more and more and more and more. In fact, where I went... They are, uh, are they communicating you, Reverend Faladu? They are communicating me. They say, that's material I develop. I should give it to them. I say, Mbamba, Laila, uh-uh, it's my own. Huh? You people thought, because people that comes up, what they say, hey, beyond what they say, God gave me understanding. So I said, working. When I came back, I said, we need to provide 26 resources to train pastors. And God help us to do it. Just in one conference. Your growth will be determined by the school you attend. The conference you attend. The training. The fasting. The prayers. The traveling. The problem solving skills. Oh yeah, plan for it. Plan your ministerial growth. How will you grow as a minister? Is there. Plan your financial growth. How will you do ministry? So that you will not be a beggar. You will not be a sorcerer. Just to be collecting people's money. How will you do ministry? Do it, oh. Did you see what I put down there? Don't walk, oh. Because God said you should not walk. I didn't say you should walk, oh. I can't break the rule of God, oh. But, go and have four sources of income, sir. Because there's no salary that can take care of you in ministry. Am I talking to somebody? Go and have four sources that money comes to you so that you will not be stealing God's money, oh. Because that's where some people hide. I'm a full-time minister. I'm a full-time minister. According to church growth teaching, you should not become a full-time minister until you have 100 adult members. And 30% of them are businessmen. And they are paying their tithes and offerings regularly. We'll deal with that tomorrow. But as plan it. Plan your family growth. Plan intentional growth, not accidental growth. That's the last page there. Let your growth be intentional. Don't do it accidental. Insist on starting today. Start your growth plan today. Take responsibility to grow. Don't blame your church or your denomination. Three, often learn. Learn before you make mistakes. And may you not make the mistake that will kill you. Relies on hard work. Fight for good habits. Persevere long and hard. Follow through. So that you can always be fresh and full. Learn to take risks. Think like a learner. Don't think like a, uh, somebody that have arrived. Grow so that you can handle crisis and nip it in the ball. Rely on godly character. Don't ever say, stop learning. That last one. I'll use it to round up. 
at the foot of a mountain in Europe. It's a mountain that a lot of mountain climbers, they climb. At the foot of that mountain, somebody got there and he saw a burial ground at the foot of that mountain. Well made. And they wrote just one word on that burial ground. You know what they wrote? wrote? He died climbing. I hope you understand what that one means. That was a mountain climber. He claimed to climb that mountain. Somehow he fell sick and died there. But before he died, he told them, his friends, when I die, don't take me back home. Bury me at the foot of this mountain and put it there. That I died climbing. May you, when you are going to die, may people be able to say that you died climbing. In other words, you keep growing until you die. That's what it means. It means you never stop growing in character, integrity, in honesty, in ministry, personally, in your family, in your finances. You keep growing. And when you are growing, the ripple effect is that your ministry will grow. Stand up on your feet. I want to make a queer altar call. We run a church growth school of ministry. We call it International Center for Church Growth. We will soon change it to Church Growth Institute International. We run it six months courses. In our advanced diploma, we start every late February, every early March. We run it six months every Monday. We run it uh, August. We'll be doing 14 courses with materials. Or how do you be a church growth pastor and whatever? And we are starting another one from next week. It's only on Mondays. But that Monday, in that four or five hours, we will load you with materials that you can't finish preaching for the rest of your life. I will give you the know-how of church. And I promise you, you won't pay up to 100000 And you are allowed to be paying instrumentally. In fact, the day you have 2000 bring it. Just call every seal. Receive But make sure you come every Monday, sir. I don't care your degree, your title. Oh, somebody came to me from Baptist many years ago. He says, I'm a, I'm a reverend doctor. I'm doctor in theology. So where do I start? I say, sir, you start at advanced diploma. He said, ah, ah. I said, start there, sir. That's where you start. He said, I can't start there. He argued, argued, I've studied theology. I said, okay, let's reach an agreement. He said, what's the agreement? I said, please, come for the next two, two classes. Just come, Monday, two Mondays. If you have time, come for one month. Buy the outline. Listen to the lecturers. At the end of one month, come back. If you don't gain... If it doesn't bless you, if it doesn't transform you, I'll refund every money you pay, including your transportation. I'll refund it with interest. Ah, uh-uh. he says, sir, you do that. I said, oh, my word. He said, okay, I'll come. So he started coming. He started coming. Of course, you know me now. I went and do special prayer. Anytime I want to appear in class, I'll be speaking like masquerade. I'm a sorrow, be a go around. 
Where he is, he'll be shaking hands. Yes, Akilode. Eh, cool. After one month, he didn't come. I'm the one who called him. Yes, sir. Our agreement. Oh, yeah. He said, where am I going? I've learned things. I've never learned in theology. He finished it. He did advance. He did graduate diploma, postgraduate diploma, even doctorate. He was with us for more than two and a half years. And at the end, he says, sir, may the Lord lift you up. So why we are praying? If you want to be our student from this Monday, I need you here. There's one prayer I collected from the Monday in December. I'll pray for you. Eh? You are already coming now. Washiri. I refuse to be stagnant. Raise up your right hand. I refuse to be stagnant. I will grow. I receive an, I need you to be praying. While we are praying, let them come out. And you'll be praying there. I refuse to be stagnant. I receive the anointing to grow, to increase, to expand, to multiply in ministry. Can you open your mouth and pray? Brethren, I'm waiting for you. Age doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. And my church has grown already. Let's see you here. I expect almost all of you to come out to not be ashamed. We hope you have been richly blessed by the message you have just listened to. All you need to do now is to adjust where necessary and keep on glowing for him. For further growth and empowerment, you can email Dr. Francis Bola Akinjong on akingrow at yahoo.com. And to know more about International Church Growth Ministry, read Dr. Akinjong's articles and listen to more messages online. You can log on to www.churchgrowthafrica.org. God bless you as you keep on building a lasting work for the Master. Jesus is Lord.